<laughs> and we're back with more blood and gore, just like a vengeful psycho killer sequel. Trust me, I've got him right where I want him as he confesses his true crime past on how his reputation became a victim of unscrupulous acts despite his efforts in part two of Going Places Unknown with Sean Shreve. Get ready to level up your powder coater game. I think that, um, I mean, in describing the internet culture today, uh, you've got two kinds of influencers, you know, the kind that just have, have that reach or followership or, um, you have, I think what you have is naturally likable people. Organic reach or, or it's not organic reach, but like, that organicness that they don't care how many followers they have versus, and you know, because they're being authentic, they're just being themselves on yep. whatever platform they're on. Um, and versus the, I guess the, the fiery or, you know, the fiery followership really fat, hard and fast, but have nothing behind it. You know what I mean? There's just nothing behind it. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's Lots of celebrities out there that we could compare to, but I mean, you know, um, me personally, I'm all about organic reach versus paid or any other kind of a viral type stuff because yeah, yeah. you're not really going to get the followership. And I, I kind of want to go back to this point that was made a little while ago, actually, about, um, you know, growing your youtube channel and you know at some point it's gonna have so much reach you know just so right. much that you can you know and that's okay because the guy with the the you know you you notice that there's the the other kind of viral or powder highly clicked on uh powder coating is videos out there are the guy that has the automotive channel that you know, does all kinds of things automotive. Of course, it's a much broader audience. Right. Um, and it's and got one video that's poorly powder, powder coats. Yeah, like truck, you know, here's my powder coated truck or my what whatever, yeah. and it goes crazy right. and stuff. But there isn't what a lot of what you're doing um out there were the how-to videos, uh, even this podcast, you know, we reached um a couple milestones with just getting into the top 200 of how to podcasts. I mean, that's for a niche market. That's, you know, and that's what I'm getting at is that powder coating is niche and you shouldn't expect a million followers out of it because even if you could get a million followers out of it, how many of those are actually going to continue to come back and engage in your lives or engage with you know, comments, likes, and shares, uh, yeah. how many are those? And I'd rather have those people every day come into my blog or to my podcast or whatever, my YouTube channel, um, 
because I know they're going to come back every week. And that's to me more important than how many not, how many followers do not engage, you know, that are not engaging. Yeah. And that's my biggest thing is like, you know, I'm, I'm not ever pretending that I'm going to hit a million followers. I'm not even going to pretend I'm going to hit. I like even, I mean, I'm at 25 something now, 2,500 something now, which to me is ridiculous. You know, like I didn't think I would get anywhere near that. So like the idea of 10,000, I guess now is a little more reasonable, but even then, like, I don't care if I even get to 10,000 followers. You know, the, having the goal of having followers is like having the goal of having a bunch of fake friends around you. You know, like I'd rather have like two cool friends that I know are honest with me for better or worse every time than have a bunch of fake people who just want to like big me up and, you know, like all my videos or leave right. fake positive comments and things like that. And it's, the big thing with me is, you know, I don't need a million followers. If I can yeah. teach a hundred people some dumb trick on powder coating, I'm way happier doing that way yeah. happy doing that. And it's, you know, there's all these people are like, you know, I'll give these, I guess, you know, I don't see them as like secret tips and tricks, but I guess either I came up with them or I got them from somebody who never showed them to other people or whatever, but I'll show people how to like mask a valve cover. Like, I don't know if you've seen my video about masking the backside of a valve cover for powder. I use tin foil. I don't tape the whole back thing. I, Ross has done that a few times. Yeah. I use tin foil and binder clips on the backside. Well, it's cheap too. It's cheap, <laughs> fast. It's incredibly fast. Like that's yeah. the biggest thing. Um, you know, tape sucks. Tape's expensive. It sucks to deal with most of the time, especially on multi-coat stuff. Um, the foil thing is quick and easy and do it. And, you know, it, it's, it works every time. It's not like it doesn't work on certain types of outcomes right. it works every time. <laughs> and when I started posting that, I started seeing all these, uh, you know, pictures of people's work done and hanging. And all of a sudden now everybody's using binder clips and foil on the back. And wow. I'm just like, that, that's awesome. And people are like, Oh, how come you don't give unknown credit, you know, unknown codings credit for that? Like I'm not going to give me credit for that. I don't care. You know, it's not like, it's not like I invented some crazy new way of doing something. It's just like, I'm glad that now somebody else has found an easier way of doing something. Cool. Yeah. Good enough for me, you know, or the, you know, putting clay when I put sandblast valve covers that, you know, if you have a customer who doesn't want you to remove the baffles, which I don't know why anybody would ever want that, but it happens. You know, I, I came up with the idea of using modeling clay to Mm -hmm. plug all of the openings in the baffles because it's sticky, right? So it'll stick to everything during the blasting process. And I've tested it four or five times to make sure that the only way that you can even get media into it is if you tried to blast media into it, even then it doesn't really work. Um, Before I ever told anybody else about it, you know, but I've been using that way of doing it for six years now, seven years now. And now I see people, you know, like, Hey, where can I get bottling clay from? You know, like, (laughs) and I was like, yeah, you just go to Walmart, you know, like it's it's nothing too crazy. And, and that to me is way more that I'm way more proud of being able to help 10 people than I would ever be of having 10,000 followers. And because yeah, that's I mean, what it's about. Yeah. And having the, having the channel grow as well as it has, has been awesome. I mean, the opportunities now, I mean, I've, I'm getting contacted by powder coating companies, you know, that sell powder, like big name companies um, offering me, you know, real sponsorships, not, Hey, can you mention our name once in a while? You know, these are, we'll pay you to put our logo in every video, use our product for everything. And, you know, I yeah, just, because they need help. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> they've been, I mean, they've been in the industrial world for so long. They don't even yeah. know how to handle, uh, 
you know, how to handle us custom coders. Yeah. And, and I've been preaching that since way before, you know, I'm not going to name names, but like, you know, I can't believe they've ignored this for so long, you know? And you see, Even, I, you see them trying to jump into it now, but you can tell they're really far behind every, like Prismatic's the only one that ever catered. I mean, well, but they, they, they cater to just, us, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. So Prismatic has done that. I mean, Columbia and like Powder by the Pound, some of those guys who I, you know, I think initially were taking big box powder, repackaging it and selling it off. Right. We understand that now. Yeah. But it's, you know, Prismatic's always been there. And then all these other companies are now playing catch up like in a big way. I mean, I've, I don't, we're, we're still in some negotiations with two companies, so I don't want to say anything name wise, but I've been contacted now by three big box powder companies to try to sponsor the channel. And I'm just like, I gotta be honest with you guys, I've never even used your powder before. (laughs) I'm telling you, this is the beauty of what you and this podcast is doing is it's disrupting the market. Yeah. And it's, I was talking to Ross about this yesterday, or I think this morning, I don't know, I'm 50. I forget when I talked to my husband (laughs) now. Um, But, you know, we're now, you know, we're making some noise. Yeah. Um, and they're starting to kind of turn their head a little bit and realize, you know, there's an army of us. I mean, literally, I mean, I, I know that's what you call the Facebook group. And <laughs> right, stuff. Right. I, you know, I mean, I, I've been preaching that to them for 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 years, yeah. even before, you know, uh, to anybody that would hear me. Um, and, you know, ironically, the interesting thing about Prismatic is their problem is the opposite. They yeah, want to get was, more industrial uh, cu- customers. In, that in was always, that was always my problem. That was my problem with Prismatic Forever. It's like, well, why don't you guys, if I want to buy a 55 pound box of your clear, why do I, why am I still paying almost full price that you would be charging me per pound? Yeah. And, but the more that I stepped back and looked at it, I was like, it makes sense though. Like this is actually your market. Like the, you right. know, if you mention powder, like, hey, where's the best place to get powder? It's prismatic every time on any hobby form, any hobby right. form. And they, they own you know, the market, yeah. Right, and that's the thing. You know, that's what I always go back to is that brand recognition. You know, like it doesn't, you can say all you want about the fact that they don't do big box pricing, but I guarantee you they're doing more business than anybody else. I mean, I've seen, I've seen their trucks. I've been to the prismatic. You know, I, used, I actually used to live in, uh, Oregon, where Prismatic is, like the same city that it's in. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I went back there to visit some friends, I actually stopped by Prismatic or you know NIC Industries, technically. And uh, you know, I've seen the three UPS trucks there that they're loading up every day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I know how much business they're doing. Like it's not. I, I'm sure that big box companies are doing just fine as well. Like it's not like you know Prismatic is taking a big bite of what they want. But now it's the big box companies are coming back after Prismatic's customers saying like, hey, why don't you guys try to buy some of our powder? And You know, I've, the number of companies now that have sent me, I've, I probably have gotten 300 pounds of powder for free from companies that are just trying to get me, hey, like, why don't you come over to us? Why don't you mention us on your, uh, you know, your YouTube channel? And I'm just like, I mean, I could, but if you're, you know, the downside of me is if I don't like your powder, you're going to know about it on the YouTube channel, you know, and right. like, yeah. it's like yeah. is the risk worth it to you? You know, like, is the risk really there? It's, that's one of the big things with, uh, you know, I, I love IFS's powder. Um, the, the, a bunch of the colors that I've gotten from them. I love, I love their, um, super wet black. I love their matte black too, uh, silver dillo. 
one of the best silvers I've ever used. There's a bunch of colors that I absolutely love, but they have atrocious customer service if you're not a company ordering 10 55-pound boxes. And, and when I say atrocious, I mean, I, I can't email, call, or text my rep and get a response for weeks. You know, and it's wow. like, or I can just get a hold of I can't of say it's ever been that bad for me, but I would like to order their powders more. And, and I think that that's kind of more or less where I think I want to make this convert, you know, this point is that I think it's good that we're, that we're maybe possibly being influencers or disruptors or, you know, and finally having a voice either on YouTube or, or somewhere else where we can actually say, this is kind of lame and you need to make it better. I mean, uh, you know, I remember when the whole tiger thing kind of came on in the groups and stuff and everybody's like, well, how do I get an account or how do I order and stuff? And I'm thinking, rolling my eyes, you know, like, come on, Tiger, get a automated system there where we could just, we don't have to call. Tell your web guy to spend 10 minutes of his day to make this possible. (laughs) (laughs) I think they, to be honest with you, I think their problem is a little harder to solve than that. But, uh, but it's important that we do speak out and that we do say this could be better or this is messed up or whatever. And I think it is going to change. Um, and I, you know, when I had, I wish, I hope today's people that are listening to this podcast, go back and listen to the, uh, Thresh 99 podcast, because this is exactly what Russell was talking about that if we get, we're big enough that if we get together, we can change this industry. And it's gonna come, it's not gonna come from the industrial coders, people. It's gonna come from you and me and everybody listening to this podcast about what it is that we want out of the industry. And I get really, my voice is going up and I'm getting excited and you know, whatever, but it's so, Freaking true, and we need to. This is why we want to build the community in a positive way, right. uh, and and cheer everybody on. Not, you know, block them on Facebook groups or uh, bash them in um, conversations on about posts and stuff. It's right. one of the reasons why I started the podcast is to make a more positive uh, experience for people that are trying to go to these places and get information. And I love, I love your channel because I'm always attracted to powder coders or industry people that are, um, providing a valuable resource. Right. Uh, your channel is a resource. Um, glass coatings blog is a resource for when you're down in the dumps and you want to hear, you know, like, I don't know, or you want to get positive about how to manage your business. Uh, Jace has got an incredible, I, you got to go there guys to go check it out. Cause it's just such a great, you get so uplifted when you go there because you realize you're not the only one with this problem right. and this guy's trying to help you solve it or get a better grasp of it. Right. IFS. I am dying to get IFS uh, on their, why? Because they have a library people of videos, how-to videos yep. in from a technical expert. Uh, and it they've got, they've got the same problem I have. 
too much content all over the place and not promoting it enough, right. uh, you know, it's good that you're just mainly focusing on the YouTube channel because when you create as much content as I do, I get boggled down with putting it everywhere all over the place. And they right. literally swear they got the, the freaking powder coating uh, library of Alexandria in their, on their website, but how can you freaking find it? You know what right. I mean? I had to actually right. have them tell me where to go to get yeah. all these. And it's the way he talks. And it's like somebody like me, who's non-technical and not a powder coder, I could literally get all of those videos that I watched. And I'm like, Oh, I have a better understanding of this now. And where is it? It's hidden in somewhere in deep and down in their website somewhere. Yeah, but no nine pages of links. Yeah. It's, it's pretty it's rough finding that stuff on there. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just about ordering from IFS. It's also just trying to find because yeah. it just seems like it's a freaking maze on their website that they could just simplify for users so much better and give a better customer experience. But anyways, hopefully yeah, think, they're listening. I think uh, touching on the one thing where you're saying like you like pages or, or people or whatever that are willing to help other people. Is that, I think that when you're authentic, it's really easy to want to help other people and it's really easy to help other authentic people. You know what I mean? Cause you see what they're doing and you're like, Oh, I want to help that person. You know, like I want to help them grow. Um, at, you know, I'll help other people grow at no benefit to me. I mean, I, I shout people out of my YouTube, uh, or Instagram, whatever. I don't care if they ever shout me back out, you know, like that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I'd like to see them grow for whatever the reason might be, you know, and it's, um, there's a, a, I was going to say kid. He, he might even be my age. I actually have no idea, idea how old he is, but he's been doing work with, uh, I want to say like a uh, Redline Easy 50 gun, I think, which I, I have no experience of any kind with. So I know very little about them, but I know that they're not, you know, like they're a hobby level gun. They're not like a, you know, high end gun by any means. And he bought one of my units and looking at the work that he had been putting out with this Easy 50, like I was floored, like over the top impressed. I think I mentioned him now in like two or three different YouTube. I think I mentioned him in a, um, two different YouTube Q and A's and then just a, a regular video I shouted him out because like, you know, and I think I'm only shouting out like his Instagram and his Snapchat, if I remember correctly, but it's like the work that he's putting out with this, you know, I don't want to say like low end equipment, but it's this in scale, low end equipment, um, was incredible. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I, I'm way more interested in seeing that person grow than, trying to push down somebody who's doing good work. You know, right. it's like, I want right. more people to see that you don't have to buy a $1,000, $2,000, $4,000, $8,000 gun to put out good work. You just have to be dedicated and committed to what you want to put out, you know? And, yeah. it's, uh, and it's pretty watch wild. out for his competition because when he does go and buy that $5,000 Gima or Wagner or yeah. Nordson or whatever, look <laughs> out, he's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, can you get to be that good on a, on a, on a hobby gun? You know, yeah, if he ever gets, you know, if that's what he wants, but you know, yeah, it yeah. is all about the progressing of the industry and the industry is people. Yeah. That uh, was, it always has been. That was one of the reasons I, you know, I left most of the powder coating groups on, on um, Facebook, just seemed like there was a lot of drama in them that I just, and not even entertaining drama. It was just like grown men arguing about dumb stuff, you know, basically what it was. And, I, uh, you know, I can get that anywhere on Facebook. I don't need to be in a powder coating group to find that. <laughs> um, but there was, uh, you know, I remember you seeing try, one of the, You should try the light workers group. <laughs> no, 
no, talk I'm about, talk about oh my god some of those yeah. oh my god some of those groups are just like it, it it's like the more ascended <laughs> this subject yeah. matter the lower the vibration can right. be <laughs> but i uh it was you know i left those groups and i i think it's kind of funny to me now i don't know you know I, i'm sure you've seen enough of my videos that i have a sticker on the side of my the video the gun that i use in all my videos is a hyper smooth o2 right that i purchased in 2008 and I remember seeing a post that was talking crap about the fact that I was using, you know, I'm giving people advice and telling them how to do things, but I'm still using this hobby gun. And I'll be super honest. The only reason I've continued to use that in all my videos is because I know it bothers people, which is the wrong reason to do it. But there's a sticker now on the side of my gun. Cause he's like, Oh, how can he be telling anybody how to do anything? He's using a 20 year old gun. So that's why on the side of my gun now, there's actually a sticker that says 20 year old gun in quotes. And there's a dash. I saw that. I saw that. And I was wondering what that meant because I didn't understand. But yeah. The the best part of that is I later went back and found that guy's business. Um, His business closed down this year, he said, due to COVID. it, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. Well, so there are some powder coaters out there that, including us, that are struggling. But that's our state. No, fact, yeah, you know? I'm, I'm just saying, like, looking at the quality of work, I would say that a global pandemic was not his problem. <laughs> Best way to say. Um, but it, it was funny because you know he's using. I think he was using like a Wagner. You know, he's using like a forty six hundred dollar gun, whatever it was. And I'm just like, so wait a minute, you're mad at me for using this gun that I think when I bought my gun, it was $700 and it came with like a whole kit of startup stuff. It was on sale. I remember it being on sale. It's the why I ordered it the day I did. And I was like, so you're mad at me for using this gun and being able to put out, you know, clearly good results. Like anybody who's seen my stuff, like I'm not bragging, but like you can see that the work is there, like the quality is there. And I was like, so you're mad about that, but you're using this gun that costs, you know, five, six, seven times more than mine. And, and you can't keep it, you can't keep your business going, but I'm doing just fine. You know, and it's, that's not, you know, it's not a shot at anybody. It's not a slap in the face to anybody. It's like, no. your focus is in the wrong place. If, but if it's an observation. Really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I did, I did have that feeling when I was watching that video last night going, what brand is that? What's, you know, what brand is he using? Cause it was that like is, colored like a Wagner. And I'm like, I don't see yeah. Wagner on there. And I'm like, yeah, that's. Um, that is a, it is a, I, I I don't know what it is. It it it's it's an industry thing too, don't you think? Like I think it comes from uh, like yeah. a top level kind of thing, or uh, where you know it's all you know there are these industrial coders, man. It's all about who is your guy, you know? Yeah, and it's you know it's like uh, you know Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about. He's like, I want to build the biggest building in town. And I can do that two ways. I can either build the biggest building or I can tear down everybody around me. And it seems like most of those guys have a way bigger interest in tearing everybody down around them than just like going out and trying to put in the work, to like make things happen. And it's like, I don't, I don't know how anybody could live in that mindset. Like that, that's so far removed from how I think about anything. Um, you know, it, it's not to sit here and say that I don't have negative thoughts about people in the industry necessarily, but you're not going to see me all over the internet blasting them making fun of the gun that they're using. You know, that's the last yeah. thing. If they're putting out work, if it's good work, I don't care. I don't care if they're 
using a Harbor Freight gun. You know, if you're, they're throwing glass out of it with a Harbor Freight gun, then cool. <laughs> you know, like, right. you know, I'm not going to bash Maybe they're trying time. to forget how they started themselves or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know. you know, I do and, see that sometimes too in the, in the chats and stuff and, and stuff. And, it's, uh, well, even, yeah. Even trying to compare, I mean, industrial coders comparing themselves to me is ridiculous. It's like, I know that there are industrial coders who I'm sure put out great work, but we all know that most industrial coding doesn't have to look that great. You know, it's not like it has to be amazing. You're talking matte black on probably 80% of your jobs or architectural bronze. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah. we're not too worried about it. And, and most of it's, you know, fencing railings, all that stuff's going to be installed before the customer even sees it. It's like, that's right. a problem with it. It doesn't even right. matter. You know, it's right. like, it's like to compare that versus, when I have somebody come here and pick up a set of wheels and they pick up a wheel and they're going like this and flipping it all around. Like I know for a fact that my quality is probably better than most industrial coders just by default, just because it has to be not, I'm not saying they can't put out the work. I'm just saying that they don't have to put out that level of work because they're an industrial coder, you know, right. and it, right. so to compare the two is just ridiculous. You know? it's, it's funny like, cause I ordered this uh, right next to me here. You can't see it on the camera, but I ordered a pro coat or no pro pro form or something uh from home depot it's just a slat wall it's plastic right um but the uh hooks that come with it are powder coated yeah I'm and sure i was really inspecting the powder coating <laughs> and i'm like hmm who's got this account you know whatever yeah, but it's funny i was looking at the coating i mean overall it's a good coating but you know you can see you can see uh, uh debris from the weld and you know it's oh, not yeah. cleaned up and stuff yeah, and yeah. i'm like do I want to put this on my wall? You know, like, but you yeah. know, uh, it's amazing how much they get away with those line coders and those industrial coders get away with it. it you know, cause for them, it's all about margins, right? It's all oh, yeah. about making the most amount of money. Um, and it's a different problem that they're solving versus what we're solving. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I do want to talk about, uh, cause on your, uh, getting back to your search results, on okay. that first page, okay? Yeah, yeah. You type in unknown coatings. Right. Um, and uh, there is, uh, and, and, the, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is I'm on the uh, BBB advisory committee for the state of Hawaii. So I get into- <laughs> You know where I'm going now. <laughs> yeah, I think I know where you're going, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I guess the point is, is that, um, you know, the. I noticed that you don't necessarily have an accreditation, although it seemed like maybe you should. Uh, I'm not sure why the BBB is ranking you. I guess if that's where the complaint came from, uh, there's a complaint in there. I didn't really click into your profile. You don't really have a profile, actually. But my, my BBB thing has changed. In the last 12 years, it is literally, it'll, it goes like A, F, C, A, B, F, constantly. And I've my, the only response, I mean, I guess I feel weird telling you this is because now you just said that you're part of a BBB thing, but um, well, I don't work for them. I'm just I, an I, advisory. Board I, I'll tell you the same thing I tell them. And actually the same, you know, I, I talked to my parents, I had gotten a, a negative, you know, whatever it is, a complaint or whatever through the BBB. And I talked to my parents and they of course thought it was a big deal. You know, um, you know, my parents are 69 and 71 you know, so old 
I guess we'll say I'm closer than that than I want to be, but a different we'll a, from a different age. Right. right. And you know, to them, the BBB was everything. That was yeah. the only person, that was the only thing you could turn to to get any information about anybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily I, I'm, I'm just on the edge of, you know, I had internet when it first came out kind of a thing, you know, I had AOL when it was on three floppy disks kind of at the store, you know, and for me, you know, what I tell the Better Business Bureau is they have no value to not only myself, but to anybody, actually, if you're not old, there's no value in the BBB, in my opinion. Now, the reason I say that is only because of the internet. You know, if people want reviews and they want to know things, the BBB doesn't provide enough information for that to even be a thing that people can look up. You know, I mean, they can look up, oh, this person's had X amount of complaints and they resolved X amount of complaints, which is great, I guess. Um, But there's nobody, there's no 25-year-old that's going to look at the BBB. That, that, that's not even close to a reality. And that's the same thing I've told them. I, the first time I ever got a complaint, I remember I hummed and hawed about how I wanted to respond to it. Now, I should preface this by saying that the complaint that happened, I had already taken care of it before the BBB. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was already kind of a, a step ahead of what they were trying to accomplish. Right. But when I started looking into the BBB a little bit more, I realized that it's essentially a private company who makes money off people paying for accreditation. I mean, it has government ties. I'm not going to say that it's a guy just making a bunch of money off people buying their A plus ratings. But I noticed when I had gotten negative comments on it, uh, a couple months went by and I got a letter and an email from the BBB asking if I would like accreditation that I could pay $5,000 and I could get the BBB accredited business and I get a sticker for my door and I get put on some nonsense website. I don't think it's 5,000. That's not what I pay, but yeah. Mine was five, it, mine was $5,000. Wow. I, actually, I printed, I think I actually posted on Facebook because I was like, I was like, so let me get this straight. Me, who I assume only has negative things for the BBB, like nobody contacts them when it's positive, right? Because it's not how that works. I was like, I only have negative things with the BBB, who every time they've messaged me, I've told them that, like, stop sending me these letters. You're wasting your money. I don't right. care what any of you say. Your, your opinion is of no value to me or really anybody else. And now you're willing to let me buy an accreditation? I was like, so you're basically just a fraud. Like, you're just, I mean, imagine any sort yeah. of thing where I can pay to get a better grade. You I know? Mean, yeah. I mean, well, it's, 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 it's more or less sort of taking an oath, I guess, if you want to call it that, which might even infuriate you more that, no. you know, you're going to uphold a certain type of value, uh, you know, to legitimize. I but, think it's that, a value, but it's a value created by old people for old people. It's right. not created for the generation I'm, that I live in. Listen, this is why they're asking, they've asked me to be on the BBB advisory committee um, for the state because they are having uh, identity crisis uh, and finding and and sort of trying to find their relevancy in this new world. Uh, The people that are running the BBB, Mm -hmm. um, Tyler uh, is uh, the president of the BBB for the Western, um, we're called the North Northwest Pacific region. And I'm not sure if Utah is included in the Northwest Pacific. I think yeah, it's, I I, yeah, but it's like California, Hawaii, uh, 
Seattle or Seattle, Washington and Oregon. Um, I think Idaho, uh, maybe uh, Nevada as well. But yeah, I mean, this is the reason why they have advisory committee members that are business owners that are on this, you know, so that they can get this feedback from us on, right. you know, obviously now it's all about COVID when we meet, but um, I think that the thing is, is that in terms of Google search results, okay, let's just talk about Google for a second and going back to that is, you know, if, if, if I saw anything in today's search results for your company, mm-hmm. um, the one that uh, was most relevant to me or most uh, disruptive or negative was actually the BBB one. Because uh, the other ones you could just read through and realize that that was, you know, that was a silly situation or it got resolved or it was something else or this guy had a pension for you or whatever, uh, you know, to whatever to nail you, whatever. But uh, the BBB one is important because it's uh, even though um, it, it the the BBB is sort of struggling with its own identity crisis and stuff, like we said, it's still a trustworthy site, uh, you know, it, regardless of the 25 year old going there or not, which I, I agree with you hundred percent. Right. He's not going there. He's going to go right. to Facebook or Yelp first before they go anywhere. Exactly. Um, in terms of like uh, having a profile or a backlink to the BBB is actually so like if you're, you know, I know you have a website and it looks like you're in the middle of building it out and stuff like that. For, for too long, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, let's just talk websites for a minute because like that's the thing, you know, like if you want this, if you want to stay, you know, if the website was now your mission, right? Mm-hmm. You've got your YouTube channel going or you're okay on Instagram and your ground game is good. Uh if you were to focus then in on your uh, website, then then having a, a solid backlink to the BBB actually helps your website. And that's all I want to say. Um, right. There's there are other relative websites uh, in, in getting a legitimate backlink uh, to to build your reputation, to build your Google algorithm uh, research results and stuff like that. And that's that was to me the only thing that I saw in terms of what I know about website building and blogging and, and social media and, and marketing and stuff like that was to me that the BBB thing was actually more negative than any of the other forum stuff. Shenanigans. Uh, yeah. I and, guess yeah. My, my whole issue, I guess with the BBB has always been, you know, pretty straightforward. It's the, it's the market that they are talking to. Right, as like a grand spectrum of things. Not, you know, I understand there are some positives that you can get in in having a positive, you know, having the BBB think positive things about you, no matter what that might be. I think I just looked it up online. It just says I have no rating, whatever mm-hmm. whatever that might mean. No um, accreditation. But it, right, but looking at it, I also it says I've only been in business for nine years. It says that I'm a detailer in a city that I haven't lived in in almost ten. So it's like. That information, I didn't put any of that information there. They put it all there, and it's apparently all wrong. And what I told my parents, I actually remembered while you were talking, the thing that I had told my parents was the BBB is important to people who would look up the BBB's phone number in a phone book. And that's how I saw it. It's like, 
the people who still wait for that phone book to come and will flip through it and find that number, that's the people who care about the BBB. And they're not my market. They're never going to even be close to my market. Now, to be fair, I did just have yesterday a guy that told me he was 98 years old and dropped something off here. But <laughs> <laughs> typically speaking, that is not my market. Um, yeah, it's hard to say, really, for especially yeah. for businesses like ours, where where can the BBB help us or any large site like that? Um, you know, to me, and one of the reasons why I want to get somebody, maybe you can pull some strings for me over at Prismatic, I've been begging for a few days now, uh, is to get them on the get them on the podcast because uh, their website is an authoritative site where we can post our content, uh, get get valuable, very, very valuable. If I could show you my results on yep. the value I get out of that website by posting every possible job I can uh, that uses the prismatic powders, uh, I don't see why a if they knew what I know, I mean, right. not, I'm not saying prismatic. I'm pretty sure prismatic knows what, but oh, if sure. every powder coder knew what I know about prismatics platform, right. we would be posting there every freaking day, getting a review and stuff. It, you could get in just the, this last year that I have posted on it and our work and um, I, the, the, and, and started looking at all of that value I'm getting out of that site. It's unbelievable. And, and I still think Prismatic is underutilizing the site, uh, the, the oh, platform. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Which is hilarious because, I mean, you type in powder coat anything and Prismatic comes up for me. The first, they're for the first three results, pretty much. You know, they have their paid ad and they have, uh, you know, links straight to their site. And then they'll have some, you know, some other link that follows that. And it's uh, Prismatic does a ton that I'm sure they know what they're doing. You know, I'm sure that they understand the analytic side of it and how it helps other right. people. Um, but because their focus has always been on the hobby coder, I think that, you know, I don't know if they went out of their way to try to help hobby coders in that regard, but they did kind of by default, you know, just in the presence that they created. And I mean, you look at, and there's no other site that even comes close to that. I mean, powder coat wise, I mean, there's, there's nobody, right. yeah. you can look at, you know, powder by the pound and Columbia and all those. And yeah. You can post pictures of your stuff on some of those. And I, I've never had a single person say, Oh, I saw your stuff on such and such website, but they've seen it on prismatics. Yeah. We've had calls where they found us on prismatic and then yeah. called us. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. like, how did that happen? Yeah, you know, exactly. but yeah, exactly. You know, and I do, I, I want to, let's talk about this, uh, search results again, but in a different way. And that is, um, you know, coming up, counting how much, you know, I guess the average business, and I don't know what the stat is exactly, but I did some, I did some kind of research on search results. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you're typing in, and I hope every powder coder listening in will do this, especially if you have a website. Uh, but it, even if you didn't, because I did, I, I did row row too on this search. Um, so what you do is you put in quotation marks and then you type in your business name. So for you, I put in a quotation mark, unknown coatings, quotation marks, and then right. hit the search button because that's how you get the most valid. Because when you just type in unknown coatings, 
um, you know, obviously they could talk about it, it, the results could be either coatings or unknown or a combination of all kinds of things, right? Yep. Um, so unknown coatings got 83,600 results in the search. That's awesome. That is amazing. It's, what, it's the YouTube, funny part I think. About is, it, is, is it to YouTube? It's there to all over it. That, that was, you know, going back to the analytics side, like my understanding of how Google Analytics worked, I got pretty early on kind of unintentionally. Uh, right. I had, I had uh, read a, I had actually listened to a lecture that led me to a book that led me to another book about just the analytics of Google and how, and this was, I mean, 2012, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was a, a while ago. Early, um, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, like I said before, that that's the reason that you'll never catch me mentioning another powder coater's name, especially in my area. That it's more when I say I don't mention other powder coaters' names, I mean in the area. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's my understanding of it that has allowed that growth. Because I mean, ultimately, if you come, you know, if you're in Utah and you type powder coater or Utah powder coating or anything like that, mine's the first result every time. And mine's the first result. Mine's actually the first three results or two results. I think. And then like, if you keep going, there's a negative one about me, of course, but right. I'm in there with, you know, I'm a one man show. You know, my, my girlfriend does a lot of sandblasting and, and other stuff around the shop and is amazing at that. But like, I'm a one man show and I'm being mentioned with shops that have 13, 20 employees, 35 employees. Yeah. And it's like, realistically, we shouldn't even be being compared, you know, like, right. Or no, I, 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 uh, what's the one near you? Um, uh, uh, um, I had, I thought I written it down. Is it armor or the, there's one no. that's right by me called a uh, powder keg is like, no, not powder. I did look okay. at powder keg. What's the blast? No. Um, Oh wait, you're thinking of the one that yeah. I can never remember the name of. Yeah. They have an ATV on there. They, it looked like they do it a lot. Wait, is it powder extreme cuttings? Not, not powder, powder extreme, extreme, but I did look at them. I always want to call them bullseye coatings, but that's not who you're talking about. No, but it's not. that. Yeah, what is? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Never, I, I'm going to look. I'm going to look. Okay, yeah, I'm going to look too, because here's the thing. Um, I, I guess I want to put in perspective about search results versus a business search right. result, right? So uh, obviously, when you type in just unknown coatings and hit search results, you right. get about 15 million hits. But it could be right. anything from like, you know, uh, a cream that you put on your body to, you know, <laughs> yeah. Coffee, <laughs> yeah, the real deal. So you have to use the quotation marks. And um, so, for instance, I typed in um, black label uh -huh. uh, coatings. And not black label powder, because I wanted to exclude that. Um, so I put in black label and they get about, they got about 4,320 results, which is good for yeah. business. Um, yeah. But then he has a lot of followers on Instagram and, and, and stuff. So that plays a part in, in, the, in the algorithm. Um, I typed in Jace Kayser's Kayser Blasting and Coatings, only 733 results. Yeah. And, you know, for a business, that's actually really good for a business, though, because right. I mean, and it just goes to show you how um, how important social media is or being on a platform like YouTube is or right. doing anything uh, and doing more of it is important. Um, and, the and, and, about, 
the powder coating that you're talking about near me is not armor coatings, right? No, it's not. It was, uh, and I think I, the reason why that one, um, let me just type in unknown coding. I literally, I, what's funny is I used to be able to find the people that I'm talking about and now they're not coming up at all. So bulls, is it bullseye powder? Well, uh, yes, bullseye. Bullseye powder? It's something like that. Yeah, it's, I think it is bullseye or something. Yes, it is. That. It is that. It is that. And it's funny because when I saw that bullseye, no way. I it's, think. It's full blown powder coating. Full blown. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> I never blown. remember it. I never remember that name. It's full blown yeah. coating. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they didn't really have, I think they had like 1,400. You know, I'd have to look to see what it was, but um, it wasn't that big for a business or even I, maybe it was more than that it was more like seven or eight thousand. That was pretty good. Yeah. You know, it looked like, they, you know, it looked like they were pretty well established and that they, you know, that they have uh, they were more than just a single sole proprietorship that they were a full on business. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of my buddies actually worked there. <laughs> yeah. yeah it seemed like it was a fairly they did industrial like yep. lines. Yeah. OK. Uh, Roro, no website, which I called him out on, you know, and he was like, Nope, I don't want a website, too much work. And I'm like, Okay, Roro. okay to, be fair, to be fair, I haven't had a website until the last probably seven months. I didn't have one for the last like seven years, <laughs> so I had no, one for but, the first probably five. No, but yeah, but so neither does Roro, and he's got 13,000 in the search results. That's pretty good but then he's on it every day. So how right. many of us are that good, you know? Right. Um, and I mean, his Facebook's pretty big too. And um, I think he's on a couple of videos on YouTube and, and the podcasts and stuff, but uh, Maui Powder Works, 19,800. But we have a really good block yeah. that gets a lot of consumers hitting it um, yeah. and stuff. Uh, unknown coatings, eighty three thousand six hundred. That's pretty good, Sean. That recognition. <laughs> that was. It, uh, it's for it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know. Yeah, it's the it's the old idea of uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with that as like a whole thing, but. No, it's not what you would have wanted. I just I've never seen. The amount of worry that people have tried to put in me about negative feedback, I've never seen any of the results that they were worried about. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, for me, it's very easy to dismiss it. You know, it, right. you know, going back to, I know what I have and haven't done. And I know what people have said about me and they're, they're welcome to say whatever they need to, you know, like yeah. it doesn't but matter. The videos are paying off. I think even yeah. despite the fact that your website probably isn't ranking very high. Yeah. Um, and despite the fact that you're, you know, your Google, you know, Zen page one isn't exactly perfect either. Right. Uh, you're still doing really good. And I think that that's something that people really need to, I, I, I hope getting out of this, uh, you know, as we wrap up here, we can wrap up or keep talking, yeah, whatever, no, after no, this, no. we can do it after the show sometimes. Those are really, uh, you know, could be something different, but um you know, you do it. You do need to be aware of it. Yeah. Uh, you need to know how to be aware of it, right? Like what we yeah. just did, and see how uh, how you know you're just one guy, 
right. doing this stuff for other people or building it, doing stuff for yourself, doing stuff for other people and how, how you can affect the world or how you can affect your community around you and stuff like that. So um, I think it's a great way to end the show yeah. um, and stuff. I, you know, I mean, we could ask a lot more questions. I, I didn't want to put you too much on the spot with too many questions and stuff because we that, really that just wanted to, I wasn't worried about it. So <laughs> kind of just wanted to ramble around and yeah. along as we went, we didn't really have to, you know, to, too much of a, a, a specific thing. I think we've talked about a lot of different things. Some, some are more specific to how to help or how to uh, improve your business um, through your uh, experience and good, bad, or indifferent, and how to how to survive when it is bad, and how bad is it when it's that bad? You know, I mean, that's right. certainly you know. There, there is. Let me, let me tell you one little story just real quick, because I think this will be helpful to some people who maybe get in a situation where, where somebody gives them, you know, puts them in a position where they're dumping a bunch of negative feedback at them. Um, I had a situation pretty early on, uh, I would guess maybe two years into powder coating. Um, I took on a job. Now, this is a repeat customer. This is a customer by then. I think this was the third or fourth set of wheels I had done for this customer. Um, he had loved every other set. Everything else had been perfect. Um, he asked me to do something that was, even now, I don't know that I would take the job. You know, like it, it's a, it's a, it was a combination of colors. It was basically, I was going to do two wheels, candy red on the face of the wheel and fluorescent yellow on the back. And then um, the other two were going to be candy blue on the face of the wheel and fluorescent orange on the back. Right. So a bunch of things that there's a lot of potential for problems. Um, it's a bunch of colors that don't go well together. The fluorescent, <laughs> Wait, and orange, and, orange and blue go together. They're complementary well, colors. No, no, no. When I say don't, I, I say they're not friends with each other from a chemical standpoint. Oh, oh okay. okay. Standpoint. Yeah. So, you know, fluorescence and candies are almost never friends. They, they touch right. those problems. Right. Um, but I, you know. But you were going to go down that trail. <laughs> well, and, and I made, I did the job, but I had, you know, based most of my building as a business was based on the fact that I was willing to do the jobs that other people were scared. Yeah. Of. And I was right. like, I'll figure out how to do it. You know, when I got told that you couldn't do uh, God, I don't remember what it was now. I had done like a gradient with, I think like seven different candy colors and on forums that I was on and I had asked about it and they're like, you could never do that with powder. And I was like, I was like, why? Like, you know, in my head, I'm still new, but I, so I don't know, but then I'm like, well, but the concept is pretty simple, right? Like, why couldn't you do it? And I, I remember I spent, I think, eight or nine hours one day just trying to figure out the right way to do it to make it all work. And so, like, my big thing was always doing the kind of wild stuff that nobody else was willing to do. Um, even early on, I, I was ordering colors from Prismatic that people were like, that's powder coat? I didn't even know you could get powder coat in that color. You know, that kind of thing. I had a situation where the guy brought me the wheels. He wanted them that color. And I said, okay, it's going to take me, you know, a week or whatever to figure out exactly how to do this. And, you know, I'm only two years in, I'm still learning things. I still learn things now, 12 years in, but I, uh, I gave it a whirl and aesthetically it was fine. It, it, it looked how it needed to look. Um, but I, I cheated a little bit in the way that I was trying to accomplish things. And, and I, you know, essentially I did things not the right way but in a way that would make them appear to be good. 
um, what that, you know, the negative of that is adhesion and impact resistance were basically non-existent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and what ended up happening is, you know, he liked the wheels. I, I, he had them on the car for a couple months and everything was fine. Um, he sold them to a gentleman here local. And that guy took his car through a drive-through car wash. Oh, God. The, the kind that pulls it on rails, you know, the kind where it drops down and the little things push it forward and it's on rails. A uh, 10 and a half inch wide wheel. So oh, my God. It, it's dragging on the inside of this, right? And it starts chipping away the powder. Now, to be fair, I didn't do the wheels the right way. I did them in a way that would be aesthetically pleasing. And I knew that the impact resistance would be minimized because of the way that I did it. Um, it started chipping the powder off. And he contacted, no, he didn't contact me. He posted about it on a Subaru group talking crap about me and the crap work that I put out. And now keep in mind, he bought the secondary buyer. Yeah. Secondary buyer. He bought. (laughs) So, Oh, that was the other thing because I wasn't happy with how I had done the wheels. I actually didn't charge the initial customer. Right. I, I never charged him. I was like, I hope this works out. (laughs) <laughs> All your other have been great. I just, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, good luck, Jason. You know, sorry, sorry ahead of time, kind of a thing. Yeah, and you do uh, that too. You just can't take chances like that. You know, you just—it's better just to give it away. Right, and then uh, so he posted on a Subaru page, um, made a big stink about it. He was showing how he was flaking away pieces of powder with his fingers on the back of the barrel. Um, all this, keep in mind, all this initiated by the fact it was drug on a metal rail to start breaking the powder away. It wasn't like this just, it just failed one day. Um, I said, Hey man, you know, I reached out to him. I was super nice. And I said, Hey, uh, I see you have a problem with these wheels. Um, I saw that you were also looking on getting them redone. How about just bring them to me? I'll just refinish them for you for free. Right. Just, I wasn't happy with the work being out there anyway, but the situation kind of, you know, I had my hands tied by it a little bit. I, you wanted them for a car show. I got them done from the car show. It is what it is. And I said, but hey, you know, you're just, you want them like matte black. I think, I think it's like solar black or something like that. And I was like, just bring it to me. Um, I'll do them for you for free. No big deal. You know, um, he said, okay, I need them by no later than this date. Okay. Like I have to have them by this date. I said, okay, that's like a week from now. It's not a problem, whatever. Um, he brought the wheels to me. Um, I cleaned up the curb rash and stuff that he had put in them in the time that he owned them, uh, stripped them all down, um, powder coated them black, got the tires back on them for him and delivered them on the day that he needed them by. Okay. He needed them on that day. He said, I have to have them this day. They were ready the day he said he had to have them. Didn't charge him a dime. Did all that for free. Now in my head, now keep in mind, I don't do anything with the expectation of anything of anybody. I've given up on expecting things from people. <laughs> it just is what it is. I do it. And if something good comes from it, cool. If not, that sucks, whatever. Um, to this day, this customer still brings up the fact that the powder on wheels that he bought from somebody else failed. Now, I read the wheels for him for free, delivered them on the day that he said he needed them. I, I, I did everything I could for this uh, this customer, or not customer, this, this person, Um and he continued to just be an ass. And so that was a thing that taught me really early on that like looking at it now, I would never do that. I, there's no way I would ever cater to that situation. Now I probably wouldn't put myself in the initial situation anyway. Anymore. Right. 
Right. But if, should it come up some other way, I never in my life would do that because I know that in my heart, I would not want to, and I'm not going to convince myself to do it, you know, because I'm going to have to be the person that's sitting there mulling over the fact that I'm redoing these wheels for free. And I shouldn't have ever had to do that. You know, I, I didn't have right. to warranty anything. I didn't, I told the guy I wasn't warranting his wheels because I didn't charge him. And then I still did this other guy's wheels for free, you know, after he made the purchase of their initial set. And I think that was a thing that taught me really early on, like, you know, stick to what you want to be doing, stick to your true authentic right. self, handle things how you think they should be handled. And if somebody doesn't agree with you, somebody doesn't agree with you. It's not, I it's can't kinda, everybody. It's kind of hard though, because at some point, you know, it was those risky jobs that you took that got you to the level that you're at. Right. Right. But then at some point it kind of falls back in on itself when you, when you are, you, you know, at some point there's a turning point, doesn't that it falls back on itself, but you turn a point where you're like, I don't ever want to be doing that again, or I know who I am. And I don't know where that part is, or, you know, obviously every guy's journey is different. Right. But at some point you have to be that you have to know when that turning point is. Right? Yeah. You have to be really careful to never shoot yourself in the foot. Basically, <laughs> you know, it's right. like you can do whatever you need to, but Ultimately, shooting yourself in the foot is never going to benefit you, you know, and it's, and so you can take the risk that you need to take as far, especially as far as growing your business, because that's what I was doing at the time. I was doing these wild projects because they got a ton of attention and it would help me grow the business, you know, but it was like, it came back to sort of bite me in the ass. And my thinking at the time is like, well, I'm a growing business. I should try to fix this problem in this way. And I mean, ultimately, I did everything I could have done for that customer. I, I mean, yeah. I had a deadline. I did his wheels for free. Uh, I didn't charge the initial guy. I never in my life had to warranty any of their work for this kid. And I still did it. And he still managed to complain. And it's like that, that allowed me at some point, like release that mindset of me where I'm just like, I'm not going to sit and work to do the absolute right thing by everybody, by their standards. Mm-hmm. Right? I do it by mine. It, it, looking back, I should have been like, yeah, I'll redo them. Uh, I'll charge you half price. And I'll still deliver them on the date you want. That's not any better. You know, he's going to now have to pay money to get me to do these. And my guess is, had he done that, he would still complain. You know, mm-hmm. the only thing that I could have done basically is bought his negative feedback away. And I don't care. I mean, we, you know, well established now. We've been talking for a couple hours. Right. I don't care about negative feedback. You know, right. so it's like, I'm not going to buy that aspect, but it was, you know, you get in those situations where you learn from, you know, I don't want to say mistakes because I think ultimately I, I was doing the right thing at the time. But mm-hmm. you look back at it now, you're like, oh, that was a mistake to even try to help that guy. And, right. and I think if we can get more people into the mindset of, you know, doing the right thing, but on your terms, not somebody else's, I think it, it makes a big difference in, in how people perceive you. I mean, because ultimately... The, the flip side of that is he could have posted a lot of really positive things about me and that would have been great. But then people might've seen me as a pushover just the same. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that being a pushover is necessarily bad, but in the business world, you don't want to be known for being a pushover. <laughs> you know, that's, that's right. the last thing you want to be known for. And I just think that those like those little lessons over time, I mean, that's something that's, I mean, to this day, if there's somebody recommends me on Facebook in a, you know, Subaru group, which he's mostly in Subaru groups, um, he'll always bring this story up about, oh, he did these wheels 
for this guy that I bought and they were crap and blah, blah. And it's like, bro, like you drove on the, the wheels that I made black for like seven years and then sold them. And the guy still is driving on them to this day and they're perfectly fine. Like, how is this complaint even real in your head at this point? You know, but right. some people like to dwell on stuff like that. And that goes back to the, you know, some people's lives are so great that they have to focus on problems that don't really exist because they need something to like put their energy towards. So it's like, you know, I hope one day my life is that simple. I hope I, one day I can basically make up problems in my head to concern myself. With. Well, I think sometimes <laughs> it's like, you know, not that people are mental or that customers mental or has a mental disease, but I mean, right. we've worked for customers that have serious OCD issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm starting to recognize it now because I, we've had a few of these type of customers. Any, and yeah. you're getting to the point where you can turn them away before they're a customer. I yeah, well, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, right. We haven't quite gotten that far, but, oh, okay. uh, but you know, um, and to the point where they call us out and say, you know, if we post something on Instagram with a color that is similar to their, you know, like basically they made Ross promise never to use that color ever again, that prismatic, uh-huh. whatever, XYZ oh. color, whatever. And then, We'll buy something like Columbia Coatings that has something similar or whatever and make it, you know, it's a great thing. And he'll call us up and say, did you use my color? Is that my color? And I'm like, no, there are a million other colors. Not all of them are going to be, you know, like, it's kind of funny. I can't believe that you have a customer that would have the audacity to say nobody else can ever use this color. Oh, well, I, but we're on a small island, see, so they all yeah, drive around true. and they see each other's stuff and they all know each other and they all, you know, like. Somebody told there, there have been more thing. than one customer that has we've had i think they're up to like three or four or five of them now that nice. we cannot we're not supposed to use that color ever again and they make ross promise and i'm like every time i tell them i'm like what do you mean you make a promise you know yeah, i'm always yelling at him if you tried that with me that would definitely land you in the f off category i'd be like what are you <laughs> i was like yeah bro i only ordered enough powder to do just your job and i'm never gonna spray it again Okay, you know, like I was like, but it's you crazy when point. you live on an island. What yeah, we when you're on a small with. island, that's you know, it, we're in different worlds, obviously. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it it is kind of cool though, uh, and I don't know if you do this when uh, it's something I kind of picked up. Even Ross does it. I didn't know he was doing it, but like when you're driving across town and you see somebody rolling by you, we're like, oh shit, that's our work. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. like um, it's pretty it's, cool. Uh, I see that know. a lot. And I get tagged in photos like people, you know, post on Instagram or Snapchat a car that they know that I did the work on. And yeah. you know, it's most, you know, most of the kind of wild colored wheels around here. Yeah, those are the colors. easier ones. Yeah. yeah. And so I get a lot of that, you know, and it's like, and, it, and it's cool. It's cool to see your own stuff out there. It's, I mean, it's even cooler is one of the things that I always kind of fall back on when people talk about me being a one man shop or some of the, you know, like uh, armor coatings that's kind of, you know, I guess my competition out here it's all relative, but, um, they're the only one that gets mentioned. Um, when somebody's like, Hey, who should I go to powder coating? It's, it's myself and armor coatings. Like those are the two. And it's super funny when people try to like, you know, they'll kind of try to throw shade at me being like a one man show or whatever. And people are really quick to point out. It's like, yeah, but look at the winners of every single car show. It's always my customers. And it's, there was, I think I want to say it was 2018. Um, I was associated with 118 trophies in Utah alone for car shows, which it sounds stupid that I know that number, but I was, I was keeping the tally for a very specific reason because 
somebody said that there's no way he has that much affiliation with people who win at car shows. And I was like, bro, almost every single class of this car show, first place is my customer, usually second and third are my customers as well. You know, and it's like mm-hmm. that type of stuff, you know, like going, I mean, I guess sort of going back to like being able to brand yourself, tying yourself to cars that get a ton of attention and win car shows is much better than doing a bunch of work for a bunch of people who are not going to get any attention. And it's not to say that they are not valued customers, but I can look, I can go out at a car show and walk through a car show and be like, Oh, these are all, you know, like 18 or, you know, 30 out of 50 cars here are my customer. Mm-hmm. And, and that matters. I mean, that matters, you know, word of mouth, the, the, the chat, the group chat that I'm in with a bunch of powder coders, I've been showing them screenshot, like videos, screen recorded videos of, Somebody would be like, hey, who should I powder coat my wheels? You know, somebody kind of, you know, new or new to powder coating, maybe. Um, you know, armor coatings gets their mention, you know, one or two people. But then it will be like 30 of me. And, and that type of marketing, like that is absolutely the best type of marketing that you will ever get. You know, that, that word of mouth thing. Um, but with that being said, you can't always focus on like all the negative, you know, or any of the negative stuff that gets thrown your way. Because ultimately, if you're not successful, there's no negative that's going to come your way. You know, like if you're a business that's not growing and isn't big and well-known, people aren't going to care to talk about you. They only talk about businesses that are showing any level of success. And so you can throw all the shade at me that you, not you, but people can throw all the shade at me that they need to. But it's like, at the end of the day, if I wasn't relevant, you wouldn't care one bit what I was doing. You're obviously breaking, you're breaking the mold, so to speak, on some level, you know. Um, And who cares if you are counting? I don't care. It's a milestone moment that you should be counting that. It's freaking 2020. The year sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, if, if it wasn't for us paying attention to all the awesome, good stuff we we've been doing you know like the podcast the the patent the the um the patina the you know uh all the other good stuff that's i mean it's been a rough year for us otherwise you know and you have to you know just to try to get through this year and i think people keep thinking okay how many more days left 2020 you know but the thing is is it might last a little longer than that because of COVID and things like it. Yeah. Whatever, you know, we might get into 2021 a little bit before and get comfortable with it before it really gets all over and stuff, but to hang in there and start thinking about those positive things, because you cannot let the internet or people on the internet rip you apart and rip you to shreds. Um, and you know, uh, I think, um, well, you know, I think we should put a question out there to the viewers, um, your viewers, my viewers, wh- whoever is, you know, I want to end this with something for them to think about, you know, have they had issues with, uh, with reputation? Um, yeah. Have they had hard times with acknowledging their success or dealing with difficult customers? What do you think? You throw it out there. You're, what do you think? We should ask for comments and engagement. I guess the one that I'm always curious about, because I know, I know the way that I deal with customers is not at grand scale is not ideal in most people's eyes. Right. And so I want to know, I want to know people's, I guess, horror stories to some degree. I want to know that customer that they had and how they dealt with it. Because I'm always curious 
you know, I have powder coat friends. I have local powder coat friends that I'd be like, well, how would you have dealt with this? And they're like, and they'll tell me, and it's, you know, very different than how I deal with anything. And so I'm always curious to hear like people's input, especially on like, you know, when I say horror story, I just mean like that nightmare customer um, and how people deal with it. And, and not, I guess I want to know kind of the base of why they dealt with it that way. You know, like I know why I handle situations the way I do, you know, going like back to the whole self-awareness thing. Like I get why I do things the way I do, but sometimes I'll see people do, you know, handle a negative situation. And I'm like, why would you do that? You know, like, why are you doing that? And I, and I'm not saying it in a negative way. Like I'm legitimately wondering like what goes on in your head that makes you think that's the best approach there? Because I'm looking at it and if I'm in that position, like I'm doing almost the exact opposite of what you're doing. You know, it's like, so I'm always curious, you know, from like a, I guess like a psychological standpoint, like what is driving Absolutely. you to right. make that response in that situation? Yeah. And I think, I think that's a great question to ask. Um, you know, um, for me, it's all about preventative, you know, measures like having a Loctite uh, policy. You yeah. know, S and we put it on our estimate. Uh, I'll show you. I don't know how you use um, how you write up jobs and stuff like that, but we have a form here. Actually, we're this is our old form with our old logo, but I'm getting a new one, which I'll I will. maybe. And we I at will. the bottom we've got see we've got oh, all this right yeah, and so you know. Um, we tear it off and give them the yellow sheet. They go home with that and they can read it to their heart's content. And if they don't read it, too bad. You know? Yeah, I'm, uh, I will tell you right now that the way that I input data from a customer varies drastically depending on the type of customer. I don't, I don't know. That's yeah. probably like a, a skipping way of saying that. But if it's a customer I've dealt with numerous times, I don't make them fill out anything. I already have their information. I know what color they want. Everything's going to be pretty straightforward. It's never really been a problem for me honestly but if i get a customer in here that's uh you know i i call them tire kickers kind of as a joke but it's the ones that are asking a ton of questions they're humming and hawing about two nearly identical colors for an hour it's like oh, okay well we're gonna we're gonna cover all our bases with you you know because right. yeah no, that I... has the potential to be that negative you know interaction later down the road because you're oh, well, I picked this teal and it looks more like this teal. It's like, bro, you're looking at them on swatches. You know, like it's right. you're looking at prismatic, you know, prismatic obviously does that thing where they spray over brushed aluminum, which... Oh, I hate that. Doing, unless I you're doing work on brushed aluminum, that color doesn't matter at all. You know, and it's... Unless I've you're doing a SEMA truck that'll be carried on a trailer yeah. around the freaking country and yeah. never driven, you know, come on. I know. Someday I'm going to write a blog post about that. But... um. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want, you know what, I think that that actually could be a whole nother show, Sean. <laughs> you know? So let's, okay, so we're going to say to our viewers, you know, what has been, give us your horror stories. It is the month of October and Halloween is coming up. <laughs> right. um, give us your horror stories. How did you handle it? And what did you learn from it? That, that, that actually is probably a good way to end the show and put it in the comments and like and share. Maybe we, uh, when we post this video, uh, we can uh, put it in the groups and see what the responses are. People can put them there. They can put them on the Podbean uh, platform and they can put them on the YouTube. And especially if Sean's on the YouTube, that might actually, do you follow my channel? Can you follow my channel? I think I do. 
Okay. I think I looked up some of your videos earlier and I was like, oh, I don't even follow this yet. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sure I do. Me too. I just joined your channel too. So, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Give a shout out just since we're on the subject, what is your YouTube channel for those that don't know? Uh, how it, do they get a hold of you? It's just, if you just type in unknown codings on YouTube, um, it comes right up, uh, space or no space. I don't know how that part works actually on YouTube, but, yeah. uh, and they both work, um, on Instagram too, you're on the gram yeah, on and Instagram, I'm just at unknown. I'm literally, I'm at unknown codings everywhere, including Twitter that I don't even use. So I'm just yeah. letting you guys know ahead it's of time. Okay. I'll, I'll never see Twitter it. Twitter just I, a, just erased like a month's worth of crap when they I, shut when they closed down the other day. They I literally uh, if a new social media platform comes up, I go in and I register and I make the name just so nobody else has it. I mean, right. so there's there's a bunch that I don't use. I, I use Snapchat a little bit at Unknown Codings. Um, mostly, honestly, I would say 98% of my interaction on there is with powder coders. You know, just people who yeah. found uh, YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. But beyond that, yeah, I don't know. I don't. And uh, but wait, what about your group page there? Now, what's that? Oh yeah, there's, the, UK? Uh, there's a UKC Army page, which is just UKC Space Army on uh, Facebook. Um, that group initially, I kind of had the idea of just like, you know, all these people that actively support my channel uh, on YouTube, I was right. like, maybe I can get a bunch of them together and they can help each other. Um, you know, I, I've kind of mentioned some of the Q and A's how awesome it is now. Like you can go in there and ask a question and there, there has been no drama on this page, which I'm, you know, we're only, I think we're like 300 subs or 300 uh, members or whatever. Um, there hasn't been any drama yet. Uh, I'll, I'll mitigate any drama that there is just because, but um, it's been really cool because people have been able to go in and ask questions. And, you know, I go in a couple times a day and I try to answer as many questions as I can. Yeah. Um, but now it's to the point where there's enough, you know, there's enough people in there that know what they're talking about, um, especially on specific topics that they're providing answers, you know, before I even get in there. And, I'll go like, Oh, I'll answer this guy's question. And I'll scroll down and four people have already given him a good response. You know, so it's, it's a great place for, you know, startup powder coders. Anybody wanting to learn about powder coding? I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, I, I don't want to say new because that has such like a negative connotation, but like there's a bunch of very new people asking questions that a lot of powder coders that I've seen would roll their eyes at, you know, before they ever answered it. And that's not happening here that, you know, people are providing actual answers and giving real input and, you know, people that are only six months into it be like, well, I started this way, you know, and, and I think those people don't get enough credit for how much they're helping a brand new person. Cause I mean, yeah. six months, is only six months, but it's like that six months matters, you know, like that six months is like where you've had to fight through all the new stuff you had to learn and Right. Maybe you can tell them what they don't. Sometimes we forget time. too, right? Remember, yeah. like you, you know, like you yeah. forget all those things that you had to go through. And even, I mean, you know, I said before, I'm 12 years into this, I still learn stuff constantly. So, right, you know, I've I've made a point of saying on multiple videos and Q and A's and stuff that I'm not an expert. You know, I'm here providing as much information as I can because I feel like the people that were doing it prior to me making how-to videos and things like that we're providing a lot of misinformation, you know, and, and I want to be able to be a guy who knows what he's talking about, who has done this for, you know, 12 years into it, be able to put my information to input and you, and the advantage that I have is you get to see all that in real time. A lot of the time, you know, I'm making a how-to video showing you the whole process start to finish. I'm not sitting there just talking about some things that I'm, you know, doing. And, um, 
I think that that group is just, it, you know, it, it turned into a little bit of something that I didn't expect it to, but it's, it's in a much more positive way. You know, it's become something that's real positive. And it's, and it's about engagement too, because who cares how many, like, like I said, you know, we said earlier about how many people will end up being on the channel. It doesn't matter how many people are on the channel. It's how many people are engaging on the channel. Um, That's how, you know, uh, you know, and, we have yet to release this. I just did a recording with um, a social media expert, uh, which I hope to publish this week. And um, she she's like, you don't want a you don't want a group with ten thousand members. You'll be it'll be a nightmare for yeah. you uh, oh, yeah. because you'll ha- that's all you'll be doing is putting buyers out or uh, settling I, this person or cutting I that run, person out or whatever. I run a group of 20,000 right now that is specific to high end meals. And I will tell you right now, if it weren't for the fact that I've added moderators to this, I would go insane <laughs> because it's the amount of nonsense that I have to deal with in that group alone. And this is literally just people selling expensive wheels, right? This should be a pretty cut and dry, easy to deal with group. Um, I can't even imagine a group of people who are just there to give their opinion at, at a rate of 10,000 people or 20,000 people, you know, it's like, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know? Yeah, exactly. More of the same on the internet. What, what, what you can do on the internet today and how it's changing our lives. Yeah. That's why I said, I don't need a group of, I don't need to find a Facebook group of men fighting. I can do that anywhere. You know, like that's not <laughs> like a bunch of grown men arguing about dumb topics. I can do that just on my Facebook page. I can find that. <laughs> or my wall or whatever it's called yeah all right peeps well remember to share your horror stories and how did you handle it and what did you learn from it here you go sean thanks for coming on the podcast today thanks for having me